Welcome to the Dayspring Audio Library, the teaching ministry of Pastor Daniel Rehoff. Thanks for joining us. We hope this message will have a powerful impact on your life. So sit back and enjoy today's time in the Word. Of a series. I thought this was kind of cool. We'll do a little bit of a series from the book of Titus. If you have your Bible, flip over to the book of Titus all the way in the far right-hand side. First, second Timothy, Titus. Uh, Titus is a pastor. He's in the island of Crete. That's where he was, a uh, young guy. And uh, what we're going to talk about the next couple weeks uh, is how a mature believer should behave. That's as simple as that. How should a mature believer behave in their Christian life. And it's probably not an exhaustive list, but there is a list. Um, it feels like, I don't know about, about you guys, it feels like there's an attitude lately. Well, there is. There's an attitude lately in our country. There's an attitude in church lately that um, you can do whatever you want to do and still be a spiritual Christian. It doesn't matter how you act. It doesn't matter what you watch. It doesn't matter what you drink. You act however you want to act and it's okay. Let me ask you a question, and think about this for you answer. Can you act however you want to act and still be saved? You better be shaking your head yes, right? <laughs> yeah, of course you can. A saved person can act just as bad as an unsaved person. I believe actually worse because they have the Holy Spirit dwelling within them. I believe there's a battle. Double-minded man's unstable in all his ways. But I'm not talking about being saved or not saved. I'm talking about being a godly Christian. Can a Christian who's saved, beyond the shadow of a doubt, uh, 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 believes that Christ died on the cross, paid for their sins, uh, they know for certain they're going to heaven, can a saved Christian act in such a way that they lose their testimony? Of course they can. Have you ever known a Christian do something really bad and they just kind of blow their testimony? Sure, absolutely. Can a saved person um, act in such a way that they're just not godly? Of course they can, absolutely. Can a saved person act in such a way that their Christian testimony is just not effective? Can a saved person act in such a way that they live a miserable life? Yes, yes. I've been an addiction recovery counselor for 19 plus years. I, <laughs> from my sitting in my counseling table and talking to people, I know an awful lot of Christians that live a miserable life. Whose fault is it? It's theirs. Well, why do bad things happen to me? Because you made bad choices. That's, that's why. Um, but, but listen, what we're talking about tonight is Christians living a separated life, okay? We're talking about what, what Paul to, told uh, Titus. Listen, this is what I expect from mature Christians. I don't expect this from baby Christians. I do expect this from mature Christians, okay? Uh, parents, if, if you're not on board with raising your kids to be spiritual leaders and to be spiritual young people um, and to live a godly, separated life, do not expect your children to just get on board with you, Okay? If you're not expecting your children to be spiritual, if you're not uh, 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 raising your children with the intention of them being spiritual, guess what? They won't be. Your children will follow what you do. They'll take the lower road. They won't take the higher road. What you do, your children will do in excess. They will always default to the lower version of you. They will. So <laughs> your children will pick out the bad of you, and that's what the part of them that they're always going to, they want to seem to emulate, right? So... So you got to be thinking, 
Am I just trying to raise good kids? I hope not. Parents, I hope you're just not trying to raise moral kids. Okay, please don't. don't. I just want to raise good kids. No, no. As a Christian, your goal ought to be, I want to raise spiritual kids. If you're spiritual, the result of being spiritual may be morality, may be good works, those great things. Yeah, but your goal better be, I want my kids just to be spiritual, not to be rule obeyers, right? Because as soon as they get out of the house, they're going to stop obeying the rules because they're tired of you telling them all the rules and how they're supposed to live a life. I want them to be spiritual, God-led, so that God works in their life after they move out of my house. Uh, Titus chapter 2, verse 1. By the way, it's good to have my boys uh, and Emily here as well. They're uh, here for today. They came to see Luis and Greta off. I know a lot, of, thinking about this, a lot of kids go back. Savannah, do you leave next week? You leave tomorrow? Oh, goodness. Okay. Uh, Zach, Zach told me you're leaving next week. Is Zach here? Zach's here? You leave, you leave this week too, right? Okay, back down to sunny Florida. All right, try not to get burned. <laughs> um, Bryce and Cole, you guys are in school. And you guys, you guys are stuck. You live here in Wisconsin, so you're not going anywhere. Uh, so make sure you say goodbye to Savannah and Zach as they're heading out, uh, going back down to school. So proud of them being in school. That's great. Um, Titus chapter 2, verse 1. Ready? Here we go. You follow along as I read it. But speak thou the things which become sound doctrine. Look at verse 2. That the aged men, would you take your pen and underline the word aged men, be sober, grave, temperate, sound in faith, and charity, and patience. Verse 3. The aged women, would you take your pen and underline the words aged women, likewise, that they be in behavior as become holiness, not false accusers, not given to much wine, teachers of good things. So they're saying aged, the aged people. We'll get into this, but just look at it real quick. There's obviously a group of people here, the aged men, the aged women. They obviously have what? They have a responsibility. There's some responsibility here in the church. Uh, the first question I know you're going to ask me, so pastor, what is aged? <laughs> I don't know. I, I can't find an exact date on it. Um, I'll tell you what aged isn't. Aged isn't a teenager. So it's someone older than a teenager. Uh, well, how old? What is aged? I, I don't know. It's just grown up. You know, it's It's aged. I, I'm thinking the mortality rate at this time when this was written, it wasn't like, you know, everyone lived to be 90 for the most part. Uh, I was probably younger, so I'm, I'm just thinking to me, when I kind of read this, I'm kind of saying, well, they're not a kid, they're not a teenager anymore. Uh, I'm thinking married with kids, something like that. You know, there's the responsibility there. I don't think it's necessarily, you know, the 90-year-old senior citizen, but it could be. But it's, it's just, it's grown-ups. Um, and, and he's going to tell the aged people, well, hold on, he's going to tell the aged people how they're supposed to be behaving. And then we're going on to verse, uh, well, look at verse 4. Let's pick up verse 4. That they may teach the young women, so now there's young women too. So we have aged men, aged women, young women, to be sober, to love their husbands. What? To love their husbands, to love their children. Hmm. So obviously there's a responsibility from the older ones to teach the younger ones. Everyone, who's an example? Everyone in this room is an example. Who are you an example to? You're an example to the person you're sitting next to. It's not just me being an example to you. You are an example to whoever you're sitting by. Because it says, aged men, aged women, young women, go down to verse 5, uh, talking about the young women, to be discreet, chaste, keepers of home, good, obedient to their own husbands, that the word of God be not blasphemed. This is going to be very practical. And we're going to look at this, talking about loving your husband, loving your children. But that, that's just not taken seriously anymore. Being married is not taken seriously anymore. I, that, that is really sad. We're in a sad, we're in a sad state of affairs. Uh, you study Rome. Uh, I was talking about this in the men's group. You study Rome. 
before Rome fell to the Goths, which is unbelievable that they fell to the Goths, and you study that out, pretty much Western Rome, there was the, the whole idea of families was gone. Um, they were all living on what we'd call socialism. The government was paying for their bread, was taking care of them. And, and the, whole, the whole structure of the family was the first thing to disappear. It was gone. Aren't we in a state nowadays, it's just, I mean, marriage is like, like what? Who, why would you, I mean, why would you get married? I mean, it's just in the, in the world's eyes. What's the point? What's the purpose? It's, it's a headache, you know. But, but what he's going to play out here in, the, in this talk is, is there's a plan. It's God's plan about how to behave. Now, I'll say this too before we jump into this. It, this may not be your plan. may not be my plan of how you think a mature person should behave. It may not be the plan of the church in the other side of town. I don't know. You know. But it's God's plan. This is God's plan of how you should behave. Okay, so you may like this, you may not like this subject. Uh, I may like it, I don't know, I may not like it. I'm the one speaking, I, I don't know. But we're having a Bible study. So the Bible says, this is how you're supposed to behave. Mature people, I'm telling you, this is how you're supposed to behave. You want to be holy? You want to have a good quality of a Christian lifestyle? Then this is how you're supposed to behave. And again, I will preface this. This is not a discussion of salvation. Salvation is always by grace alone, through faith alone, in Christ alone. This is a discussion of discipleship, Okay. How should a Christian behave? Not how does a Christian get saved. How does a Christian behave? Your, your faith should be producing some good, good fruit, okay? It should be producing some works. Um, but here's the deal. That's God working in you. That's not you trying harder to do better. And, and always remember this too, guys. Christians, Christians produce fruit. Sometimes though it's so stinking small you can't see it. And I'll add this on it too. It's not your job to be looking for it. It's not your job. God never said you're in charge of looking at other people's fruit. Nowhere in the Bible does it say that. Well, I'm going to judge someone else's fruit. It doesn't say that. I'm going to evaluate them by the fruit. It does not say that. Read the passage. That's not your job. We, we've twisted that to make it our job, but it's not. Fruit, fruit can be really small. Um, God doesn't work the same in everybody. Okay? How many of you have grown a garden? Okay. You grow uh, this summer, we grab a tomato garden, we have a whole garden for the kids, we have pumpkins. Did you notice that some of the pumpkins grew really fast and really big? Do you know some of the pumpkins barely grow and grow small? They still grow, but it's like the tomato plants, we plant the tomato plants and there's like a billion tomato plants and we're trying to get rid of the tomatoes, everyone that walks in the door, hey, I have a tomato, you know. Um, you plant an apple tree and you're lucky in 10 years if you can get an apple out of it. Okay, I mean, lucky, right? Just, wow, I got an apple. It took 10 years. God, listen, God doesn't work the same in everybody, okay? Be very cautious about that. Uh, you're not God. Can I get an amen? You're not God. God works in everybody differently, and, and, and I've heard people say this, you know, well, that person got really saved, and they got really saved and their life changed. Church, don't use that term. It's not biblical. You are either saved or you're not saved. You're not well, he's saved and he's really saved. It's, it's either you're saved or you're not saved. Amen? It's, it's either or. The Bible says those that believe and those that don't believe. You're saved, you're not saved. Some people get saved and a lot of things in their life click and they say, oh, why am I living like this? And, and God just works in their heart and, and it seems like they quit swearing or they quit drinking or quit smoking right away. Okay, well, that's great. God worked in their heart and they got it and it clicked. That's, that's wonderful. I, amen. But it doesn't mean they're more saved than someone else. I've known an awful lot of people on our Friday night program that, that struggle to quit an addiction. Whatever it is, why? 
because they've been doing it for 30 years. And give God more than one Friday night to change your life. Guys, it takes time sometimes, all right? Just, just relax. Give people some room to grow. Uh, discipleship is what produces fruit, okay? When, always remember, church, salvation is one thing. Discipleship is something else, okay? You're saved. You know beyond the shadow of a doubt you're going to heaven. <laughs> okay, amen. Praise the Lord. You know, you don't know any better. I got saved. I don't know I'm supposed to be in church. No one told me I'm supposed to read the Bible. No one told me I'm not supposed to do this or this or that. I mean, no one told me that. How would I know that? Growing in Christ, discipleship teaches you that. Hey, Sunday's the Lord's Day. You ought to be there. You know, we read our Bible. You should spend time praying. Well, how would I know that? I don't know that until I start to be discipled, okay? That's why our church is really big on evangelism, but we're also really big on discipleship, trying to teach people what God expects, trying to teach people what God desires for us in our life, okay? And, and a lot of times, a lot of times teaching people that just get saved is, is getting this concept across that, that as a Christian, our standards should be higher than the world's standards. Is that a surprise to anybody? Is that, that's not radical to say that, right? Is it? I mean, right? The world's here. <laughs> no, no, no. The world's here. <laughs> How many of you believe that God's standards are a little bit higher than the world's? Yeah, okay, amen. Yeah, they should be, right? God's standards are perfect, right? Higher than our ways. Um, I had someone ask me this about movies. I don't know why I'm getting on this, but people ask me about it. Well, pastor, you know, it's a PG-13 or it's an R, you know. I don't know if it's that bad. Time out. Here's the question you ask yourself. Who is in charge of rating movies? Who? The church or the world? Who's in charge of rating movies? The world's, it's their movies. They're in charge of rating it. If the world says there's a problem, nudity, swearing, violence, da-da, 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 da-da. If the world's, if the world's, if, if, oh man, if the world says it's a problem, Christians, hello, shouldn't we be a little bit higher than the world? A lot higher? If they're saying the standard is low for this movie. I'm just telling you, the standard is low for this movie. Why are we even talking about it? I mean, if it's low for them, we as Christians ought to be going, I'm not going there. I'm a Christian. I'm not going to stoop to the world's level. Of course not. Our standards should always be higher than the world's standards. Why? Because we're a Christian. <laughs> now I'm going to get into my notes. Titus chapter 2, verse 2. All right, that the aged men be sober, grave, temperate, sound in faith, in charity, in patience. All right, let's take a look at the first one. Older guys, whatever an older guy is, I don't know, whatever an older person is, if you're an older man, if you consider yourself an aged man, here we go. I'll pick on the aged men today. Next week we'll pick on the aged women. Of course, our church has no aged women. It's for the church on the other side of town. It's for the nursing homes, not for our church. And then we'll pick on the young women, and then we'll pick on the young men. I got to say this, though. <laughs> I got to say this. We're never getting this message done. Titus chapter 1, just so you know, picks on the pastors. All right? That's why we're not covering it. <laughs> Titus chapter 2, he talks about the church. All right? Someday maybe we'll cover Titus chapter 1. I don't care. It doesn't matter. It doesn't, it's, good. it's a good thing to cover. But here he's going. So age men. Number one, be sober. Well, 
when we think about being sober, of course, the first thing we think about is we think about not being drunk, but the word sober, uh, look, how, look how he uses the word. He uses the word in chapter 2, verse 2, uh, for the men, then he uses it in, in verse 3, then he uses it in verse 4, and if you went down to verse 6, look, he uses it there. I know he used it in chapter 1 talking about the pastors, but he's not talking about being drunk, he's talking about being sober-minded. Uh, our society puts sober along with being drunk, but in this, in this thing, it's, it's sober-minded. Uh, we should be sensible. We should be serious. Uh, we should not always be kidding around. Yes, church, we can have fun. We have fun with our singing tonight. Absolutely, we're not boring. I think our music should be lively. I think we should joke around. We should have a good time. But, but we should sensibly think through things. In other words, there's a time to grow up, men. We've been talking about this in our men's Sunday school class. There's a time to grow up. You, you shouldn't be like a junior higher anymore, okay? It's just a time to be, grow up. It's a time to be sober, uh, to have uh, masculinity we define in our men's group as taking responsibility. There's a time for that. You're not blaming others. You're, you're grown up. You're taking ownership for your actions. Aged men, how does a Christian act? Be sober. Be serious. Are you serious about your church? Are you serious about your family? Are you serious about your kids? Are you serious about your finances? You need to be. No, you're not la-di-da-da-da anymore. You did that when you were in high school. Now it's time to grow up. You're sensible. Take things seriously. Don't, don't you think it's stupid when you see like an, like an older person acting like, like a young kid? I think it's really bad when someone like my age is trying to dress like a teenager. It's like, what are you doing? You know, they got the baseball cap sideways, you know, and they're just kind of dressing like thugs and they got the hoodie on. And Dude, you're 50. Like, what? No one thinks you're cool, you know? It's just, you got the DC hat. It's just, no, it's just, you look like an idiot. Uh, we see that at the lake a lot of times when we go boating and stuff like that. You see the guy, he's got the new boat. He's trying to dress like his son. And it's like, what? <laughs> Get away. <laughs> All right. Uh, number one, be sober. Number two, look at the next thing he says is he says, be grave. Well, what does the word grave mean? Um, I see it meaning serious or dignified. Uh, sometimes we think wearing a suit, you know, sipping a, 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 a cup of tea, you know, with your pinky up, you know, this person is dignified, they're distinguished. Um, well, uh, it, it really means that we should know when and where and what to be serious about. So be sober, you're serious minded, but to be grave is to know when and what to be serious about. In other words, I feel like, you know, yes, there's a time to tell a joke in church, but there's also time not to tell a joke in church. I'll tell a joke in church, but I may not tell a joke at a funeral, okay? That's being grave. I'm, 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 I'm acknowledging the time, the place to do that. When is it? I don't always do it right. Uh, there's a, put it this way. There's a time to look at your cell phone, and there's a time not to look at your cell phone. And all God's children said, amen. amen. There's a time to pay attention to something, <clears throat> like now. Uh, you're being serious about it. You're being grave. You're taking it seriously, the time to open up your Bible, take notes. Hey, can I, can I encourage you on something? Can I encourage you on something? And I'm not, if you don't have your Bible tonight, I'm not spanking you, all right? I'm just, can I just share, do you mind? Can I encourage you to bring your Bible to church? Here's why. I don't even have my phone with me. I am just so used to using my phone, use my phone, use my iPad for everything. It's really good for the person next to you, especially a new person, to see you opening up this book and looking at it. 
I, I just think it helps discipleship. Because you're looking at your phone, and I know, I know, there's got a Bible app, I know, I have it on my phone too, and then beep, there comes a text message. Oh yeah, right, let me reply to that. Oh yeah, amen, pastor. Yeah. Oh, and then your calendar pops up that you got to go to the store and buy milk, and then, oh, Facebook, someone just posted. Stop it, okay? Aged men, there's a time to be serious, there's a time to be grave. You need to know when you have your Bible, you need to know when to open it. I'm not going to judge you for it. My encouragement as a pastor to the church, would you please bring your Bibles to church? Would you please open it up? I know we print the verses out. I know we put them on the screen. That's for the new people. Would you mark up your Bible? It's just really good. I love Wednesday nights. I bring my Bible. I mark it up. Mark up your Bible, okay? The person sitting next to you is going, wow, you're really serious about this. Yeah, I'm being grave. I'm being sober about this. I'm being serious. Yeah, let, let them understand that. Let them know that, that it's, it's serious. You know, when we built this building, um, th- there's a reason. You're going to laugh. You're going to laugh. It's so silly. There's a reason that all the metal is being shown. There's a reason that in the lobby, all those steel beams are being shown. It's not because we ran out of money. We did, but <laughs> no, it's not that. It's because I wanted people, the men, the 35-year-old men that come to church, that have never been to church, or they went to Catholic church or Lutheran church, you know, I want them to know that we're serious. I know this sounds really silly. Just the structure, the way we built the building, the brick on the outside, the wood, I wanted it just to feel solid and firm. You know, we use the King James, we open up the Bible, we read from it, we believe in biblical marriage, we believe in, 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 in God's plan for marriage and, and, and for the sexes and all that kind of stuff like that. We're really trying to be serious at this, this church. I wanted the building to convey that. I know that sounds really silly. I have been to so many Baptist churches, and my wife is laughing because she's been with me on these, and I walk in and the lobby is mauve, and there's wallpaper with little deer jumping around, and every guy walks into it, and they're going, oh my goodness, are you kidding me? Like, you're going to make me sit here in this auditorium? <laughs> I'm not being critical. I kind of am. It's just, it's just not serious. It looks like a funeral home. It looks like an old person's home. It looks like a nursing home. What are they doing? This is not a joke, church, amen? It's not. Aged men? Be serious. Be sober. This is not a joke. We're in church. It's serious. We're opening up the Bible. Take it. Take it for what it is. It's, it's solid. It, it's, not, it's not space out time. It's time to pay attention. And this is what he's saying to the church, saying to the aged men. Look at the third one he says. He says, be temperate. What does temperate mean? Temperate means self-control. Better than self-control, it means spirit-led. I think that's, it's not our willpower. Put it this way. This is even better. Temperate is not this. Temperate is not self-control. I'm doing it. Temperate is, 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 I guess it's spirit control. Here's how I kind of look at it. It's the ability or the willingness to be led by the spirit. So it's this. I'm temperate. If God's leading me to go this way, I'll go this way. I'm, 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 I'm open to it. I'm being led. I'm sensitive to it. That's temperate. Aged men, you need to have the ability. You need to have the soft heart that the Holy Spirit can lead you and guide you. You don't, listen, guys... Gals, can I ask you a question? Does anybody here, raise your hand, do you want to have self-control? I don't want self-control because I don't like who myself is. I, just, I don't want Dan Rehoff to be making decisions because it'll be a train wreck, all right? It's just, please, God, help me. I, uh, I can't even get through the day without you, okay? That, that's, that's trying to be spirit-led. That's trying to be temperate. God, I want your direction, not I'm doing it this way, you know? 
uh, old men, uh, here he's talking to the aged men. There's some people that just aren't that. They're just, they haven't learned even self-control. I know, I know plenty of people that are my age or around my age that they still say rude things, still say stupid things. They say insensitive things. Their language is that of, I don't know, a teenager or a college kid. Just, why? That's not being spirit-controlled. Okay? That's not being spirit-led. That's being selfish. You know, when we grow up, uh, our, our, our language should change. Our topic, our, 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 our conversation. Yeah, we have fun. Yeah, we smile. Yeah, we laugh. But, but aged men, you shouldn't be talking and acting like a 20-year-old. Okay? He says it. That's what he's saying. Don't be like that. Um, if you have a hard time with your mouth, here's a real simple thing. Shut your mouth. Um, have you ever done this? I've done this. this is, I mean, look, it's confession time. Have you, ever, have, have you ever felt like you should say something? And the Holy Spirit is in the back of your mind saying, don't say it, don't say it, don't, don't, no, no, don't. And you're sitting there and it's just killing you and you're like, because you got to say it. And the Holy Spirit's saying, don't say it. And then you say it. And then you know it. And you're like, the words are leaving your mouth and you're like, stop, don't say it. Raise your hand if this ever happened to you. Yeah, it's like, <laughs> it happens a lot. That's being foolish. Aged men, mature men, be great, be sober-minded, okay? Be temperate, be spirit-led. Shut your mouth. Don't get that argument. Your wife is always right. Just let it be. <laughs> then shut your mouth. Don't get an argument. Your wife is right. Just let it be, okay? Be sensitive to God working in your heart. It just, okay, take a deep breath. All right, next one. Number four, sound in faith. He actually gives us a couple things. There's actually, I think, like four things here. Sound in, da-da-da-da-da. The first one's faith. Sound means healthy, strong. Be strong in your faith. As you mature, your faith should be growing stronger. It should be growing more sound, more healthy. Your faith shouldn't be weaker. It shouldn't be lazier. It should be more sound. It should be more stable. Is your faith stronger now than when you were saved? There needs to be a progression of that. You should be able to look back in your life and say, well, my faith is stronger today than it was when I was saved. Um, we, I like in our board, I like, to have, I like to have aged men on our board because I, I'm trusting, I'm praying that their faith is sounder. They're stronger in their faith than, let's say, someone who just got saved yesterday or, you know, a, a young person maybe. It's just because he's saying, listen, aged men, your faith should be stronger. Your, your, your music selection, your movie selection, it, it should be stronger, Christian. It shouldn't go backwards. You shouldn't be, be watching the stuff you were watching when you were younger. It should be more mature, okay? Stronger in my faith. Well, pastor, you know, this is what this actor said, or this is what Tom Cruise said. Who cares what they've said? It doesn't matter. Why would you ask someone who's paid to pretend to be someone, their opinion. It, it, what? I don't give a rip what anyone in Hollywood says about marriage or about the government or about a law. Wh why did we ask you? You're a bunch of phonies. You get paid to pretend to be someone you're not. They're the last people I care about. You, know, it's, you can even watch Fox News and they're always, you know, this actor said this. Who cares? Hey, they're not asking me for my opinion. So why would I care what their opinion is, right? <laughs> As you grow in Christ, your faith should be stronger, okay? Strong in charity. The next one, stronger, uh, sounder in charity. That's strong love for others. As we get older, uh, aged men, 
It's easy to want to focus on ourselves more. That's natural. We focus on our problems. We focus on our physical problems. We focus on our health problems. And, and if we're not careful, the focus really easily can become about us. We should not become old and bitter. We should not become old and cranky. <laughs> I'm praying that I don't. <laughs> Do you know someone who's old and really sweet? Amy, your grandma, boy, she was the example of that. It was never about her. It was always about other people, okay? It's an easy tendency, though, aged men, that we start being more focused on what my desires are, what I want to do. And, 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 and charity, love here, is the needs of others. It's not about loving ourselves. It's about focusing on the people next to you uh, and, and what they need and, and what they do. Your focus when you show up at church should be on other people. Church... This morning when you came to church, now just be honest, don't raise your hand. Did you, be honest, did you look for someone you didn't recognize or didn't know and did you go talk to them? Did you, did you notice our church is packed? We're about out of, I think we're out of chairs. I mean, that's it. It's like, time for another building project. <laughs> I mean, we're just, we're packed out this morning. Praise God. That's God. Praise God. Okay. But were you looking for, hey, there's a new person over there. Let's invite them. Did you talk to them or was it, well... That's my seat. That's where I always sit. This is my chair, and I'm sitting with my family because this is the way I like it. It's all about me and my comfort, and this is where I like to sit. I always sit here. Just mix it up next week. Sit somewhere totally different. Confuse the pastor, all right? Just totally sit somewhere different. But have you looked for someone to sit by that you didn't know? Have you? You ought to. I, I, I try to find people. Church, help me on that, too. After church... You know, Jesus' name, amen, we're done. I know you have a really pressing question. You have to ask the pastor, could you just give me a few minutes to go talk to some new people? I know, I know, it's so important. Pastor, i got to ask you this question with the book of Revelation. All right, give it five minutes. Give me a chance to talk to some new people, because that is my goal. That is my heartbeat. That's what I want to do. I want to make them feel welcome. When you came to this church, you like people to talk to you. Find some new people. That's love. That's caring for other people. Is that something I can do? Sound in patience. This next one, it's harder as we get older, men, to be more patient. <laughs> the older you get, the harder it is to just have patience towards other people and, and people that are wasting your time. <laughs> this is not the right example we're supposed to be setting for the younger people. We need to learn to be patient. Older guys, older guys, when it comes to an event here at the church, it seems that the older guys sign up first before the younger guys. But Luis, does that seem pretty true? Yeah, okay whatever an older guy is. It seems like the older guys sign up before the younger guys. Older guys, we need to have patience with the younger guys. Grab them and say, you need to sign up, all right? And you get them here and you help them. Well, I don't know if I can make it out to the fall thing. I don't know if I can make it to Easter. <sighs> Compose yourself, be patient. <laughs> you know what? You really need to do it for the sake of your family. Older men, be patient with the younger people. Set by an example. Work with them. Help them. If you see someone that's younger here that doesn't help out in the church, you be patient and show love to them. Show time with them. Show care to them. You, you want a solid church? I want a solid church. I believe our church is very solid. Great. The future solid church is the younger men in our church. Okay, that's the future solid. very interested in you and your spiritual growth. If you want to contact Dayspring for prayer or more information, you can reach us at 
404-504-5092 or on the web at dayspringbaptist.com. Thanks for listening.